welcome to Loving Your Garden with me, Rod Whiting, group founder and our regular horticulturist, John Sterling. Evening, John. Evening there, Rod. <laughs> nice. The sun is shining. Oh, it's lovely, yes. Um, yes, I've been down the garden. Yes, um, taking my beans out today. Wonderful. Getting ready for winter. <laughs> yes, well, that's very much the topic of conversation this evening. Winter plant suggestions, plants that will give your garden a bit of zing mm. over those dull mm. winter months. And John's come up with some brilliant suggestions, uh, starting with trees and then shrubs. And once we've whetted your appetite with plant suggestions, uh, John will answer any questions you may have about gardening issues. That's what we do each week here on Loving Your Garden Live in association with our sponsors, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. So, John, there is a temptation, isn't there, at this time of year uh, to sort of uh, put your garden furniture away in the garage or under 50 square metres of protective covers <laughs> and then uh, put your garden tools away and hunker down for the winter. Yes, there, there, there is. And, you know, you shut the curtains and then open again in March. Um, and what do we miss? Winter is a time when we need something in the garden. And there's so many wonderful plants. But the thing is, a lot of people now get their, get plants from garden centres. And sometimes garden centres think, well, we'll slow down for winter. We won't have too much, you know, in there. We'll have one or two bits. And a lot of things are missed. But um, there is some fabulous plants. There's nothing in the garden really in winter that's blousy, you know, big flowers, because they'd get blown to pieces. But there's a lot of shrubs that are short day flowering, flowering when those day lengths are short. And um, yeah, so we've got some we've got some crackers. We've got just a sample, but we can expand on them a little bit. So what's, um, what sort of things have you come up with then, John, as if I didn't know? Basically, uh, whenever anybody's heard David Stevens go on, shrubs are the backbone of the garden, trees and shrubs, trees to give you that height. Be careful where you do plant trees because you don't want to mess with your neighbours or anything like that. It's those sort of things, a bit of backbone to the garden, Rod. That's what we're looking at this week. The wonderful thing about winter plants is, as well, they they flower for a long time. There's no hot sun to burn them off. So you can get heathers that will easily give you eight to ten weeks of flowering. And the other wonderful thing is the sun is very low in the sky. So it's like a, a well, the Abba didn't that mention Super Trooper, which is a spotlight, isn't it? And that's what the sun's like. And when it shines, okay, we've only got perhaps six hours, uh, you know, a, a day in winter. But when that sun shines on the stems of cornus and things like that, they look absolutely fabulous. Well, you mentioned cornus there. Should we make a start with uh, Yes, with yeah. That? Okay. Uh, you can yep. tell us about this. And let me just get the, uh, the slideshow up. And here we go. Right, there you are. Yes. Well, tell us about that. There's your cornus. Cornus, I think that one's Cornus stolonifera. It looks as though it's got a few, might have a few snowdrops around the bottom as well. Now that doesn't mean that it only it, that colour at snowdrop time. As soon as the leaves are off, it lasts like that right the way through the winter. Now to keep the colour of those stems, you have to cut the plant down each year. The colour is only in one year old wood. 
after that, it sort of stays brown. So if he left that next year, there'd be slightly less growth on the top, but that would stay brown. And that's why we cut them down. Sometimes I like to leave one or two about 30 centimetres high because they get gnarled, they get old and gnarled. And I love to see the new shoots coming off old gnarled stems. But um, normally you'd cut right down to the ground as soon as you see those first leaves come in and then they come like nobody's business. And that is what we're after for the winter. You get reds or oranges, so you've got different ones. That's yeah. just the yellow yeah. form, just to show you. The uh, orange one is spectacular. Absolutely yes, spectacular. yes. There, there's some. This they are really, really good. Okay, uh, this is interesting. Uh, well, trees. I mean, isn't it one? This is a betula. This is betula nigra. Our betula, our native betula, is betula pendula, the silver birch. And even that, I've got two in the garden. In winter, they look absolutely fabulous. But the wonderful thing about a tree is when it loses all its leaves, you see its form and you see its bark and everything like that. And there's some wonderful betulas. There really is. Uh, red barked ones and this is nigra and that the black one and that's the that's the bark and that is what we what we have it in the garden for it doesn't get too big like i say as you walk around looking at your hellebores perhaps underneath you've got um that beautiful bark to look at great for insects as well for birds in winter you've got all insects hiding in there and the birds will go through there and um and look for the insects, particularly wrens and things like that, that do rely on insects for winter. A lot of birds can go over to seeds, but it's just stunning to look at, Rod. It really is. It, 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 it absolutely is. How, yeah. how high does that go? That one, um, and, and oh, you're looking at 12, 15 feet, something like that. It's not going to go too mad. And like with most trees, if you get the right time, you can always keep it in check. Hamamelis. Ah, uh, yes, Hamamelis, the witch hazel. Witch hazel. And um, as you can see, the leaves are still on there, but these don't flower until the leaves have gone or are hanging like that. So you can see the flowers. Now, usually the witch hazels are grafted onto Hamamelis virginiana, that flowers when the leaves are still on, so you hardly notice them. So you have you very often have that as a stock, and then it's your plant your mollis is grafted onto there, and then you've got you've got winter flowers. And like I say, eight weeks. There's nothing blousy about that. Look at it. It's it's not a blousy flower, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And it stands up to the winter. That's the thing. It's going to stand up to the winter. And you've got loads of uh, different varieties now. There's one, Diane, there's uh, Midwinter Fire, is it? Something, no. uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I forget a lot of the names now, but it's just a gorgeous thing. Does tend, I think, to like well-drained, slightly acid soil. So if you've got, an, if you've got a neutral soil or slightly alkaline, might be worth growing it with a mix of some 
organic matter in there because that's usually acid. And then you can use sulfur chips. If you put sulfur chips in the soil, that will help to keep the soil that little bit um, more acid. And um, you can work it to grow one of those in there. Fabulous plant. They really, really are. We're talking about winter plants, uh, particularly trees and shrubs at the moment. Let's move on to another one, which I've got my eye on. This is uh, a stunning <laughs> plant. I mean, this is uh, Malus Sentinel, isn't it? Red Sentinel, yes. Red Sentinel, um, yeah. I've got this in the garden. It's only small at the moment, but it's mine is absolute. It's got th- three main branches and they're totally weighed down with fruits and I've had to put three long canes in and tie them up because by the time the fruit's gone, secondary thickening set in and it ends up looking like a, a like this like a pendular you know you've got a pendular form there and it might not go back up so um i'm doing that just to get get those main stems to go upright but um yes look at that spring early summer when apples are flowering every one of those um apples has got a flower you know so um looks absolutely fabulous at that time and then these will last well into winter um, so long as the birds uh, leave them alone and birds to start with they like red but they do tend to go for hawthorn and things like that things they can just pick off and eat they just pick them off and swallow but um, they will eventually sit there and nibble at the apples but in a way, Rod, that's so long as I get a bit of a display out of it, that, that's what they're there for. They're there for the birds. There's, what, there's different varieties as well. That's Red Sentinel, but there's one called Everest as well, which is marvellous. With all that fruit, when it sort of eventually all drops off, what does it do to the soil? Are you okay just leave it to rot down? Yes, or? I mean, most you'll find that most of those will probably get eaten by birds over the winter. Okay. Um, but if they do cut, fall off, they'll just rot away. Okay. Um, I prefer these rather than um, some of the the John Downey. There's one called John Downey, which was very popular, but they rot quite quickly, and um, I don't I don't like to see them rotted. But these I've seen with frost on them, hanging off them. You could hardly see the fruits with frost hanging off. We haven't had frost like that for a few years, but um, we will, I'm sure. Yeah, so look at the look at the fruits as well. We haven't just got flowers. We've got plants with fruits on. Sorbus, Sorbus hupahensis. I, I, I would have probably picked that pink pagoda. Yeah, is another one. fabulous one. Sorbus cashmeriana, the white, white berries on a tree don't last as long as these, but um, look nice through autumn and early winter as well. And then, of course, you, the, I mentioned a holly, but uh, you've got Rothschildiana as well, which is a yellow berry on a holly. So um, loads of loads of different things to look at. This your, is just to give you an idea. In fact, I'm looking over your shoulder, uh, your shoulder, um, out into the garden, and I've got a, um, a hoopahensis, uh, which is at the moment it's got pink berries on it, and uh, the autumn spire has got orange berries coming on it as well. Yes, um, birds tend to go for red first, mm. um, and then 
pink you know if they get hungry later on they they go for orange and then they go for yellow and um so yes you'll um your pink pagoda should keep its berries for quite a while okay what's next this Ooh, is look at this. this is the korean pine isn't it <laughs> yeah i just wanted to offer the smaller conifers as well it's lovely to have those evergreen conifers and when you can have cones and things like that on as well just look at that it's absolutely stunning you probably quite pay quite a bit for something you know like that obviously you pay more for a bigger one if you get a smaller one you'll you've got to wait because it doesn't grow fast but it's uh just just gorgeous there's all the pencil junipers and things like that as well yeah um and always remember that with most of these things a bit of careful pruning every now and then you can keep them as you want them okay don't think you've got to um have them going up there this is a perfect one for a for a smaller garden not like the and yet so many people have cedar atlantica and stuff like that and i see them outside somebody's front door and they're the ones that usually grow the best and you know perfectly well in six years it's going to be have to come out and it's so yeah. sad yeah. because they, yeah. they grow miles too big yeah. this is not going to grow that big Oh, this is one I have now as you've well. Got this rod, yeah, you? it's I. It, if I get a show like that, I should be <laughs> absolutely elated. I mean, that's uh, this is Viburnum Bodden and Tense Dawn. Yes, I mean you. Uh, you don't usually get because it's always coming out over winter. You know, all those the, the little bits are coming out all the all the time. This superseded fragrance, Viburnum fragrance. I mean, the name's there, isn't it? Viburnum Fragrance. But Bodden and Tents, obviously, it came from Bodden and The amazing thing about a lot of the winter plants is they are fragrant as yeah. well. Like so Daphne. you've got that Daphne, uh, yeah. oh, Daphne, Adora, and yeah. things. I've got yeah. uh, Margaret M Merrill. Now, climbers, this is Clematis serosa. And the wonderful thing about clematis is you can have them flowering 12 months of the year no problem at all you've got enough varieties and clematis serosa varieties flower from wind through winter hmm. never a lot and again they're not blousy because no. not like your clematis montanas and you know your hybrids which um nelimosa and things like that it all depends if you've got poorer soil you'll get better flowers. And with with a lot of these, if you want the flowers, try and keep the nitrogen down and get some potash because potash is your flower element and it also helps the health of a plant. And it's an evergreen rod. Serosa yeah. is evergreen. It's, yeah. um, so you'll have that. And then you can perhaps grow roses and things through it in summer. And then you've got, you've, you've got that in the winter. I used to have a... Prunus Amanagawa, that tall oh, Amanagawa. And to give it something in winter, I used to grow a winter jasmine up it, the yellow winter jasmine, so that when the leaves fell off and in winter, you've got this column with winter jasmine growing and flowering through it. Use other plants in the garden, if you can, to grow others. 
Most yeah. most are quite happy. Okay, on to the next. And what have we got here? Ellie Agnes, there you go. Yeah, well, again, I just wanted to bring in the evergreen shrubs that um, are variegated to give you that little bit of colour. Yeah. And Ellie Agnes is a cracking plant. Lots of people use it. And quite it's vigorous. Great. Yes, quite vigorous. And you can always tell flower arrangers' gardens because it's very tight. They keep all these lovely long <laughs> stems like that. They're always cutting off uh, to put in an arrangement. Euonymus, all the the euonymuses, and that could, will grow up a wall as well. Fabulous. You don't want too many, but um, the Eliagnus, I find that that this doesn't the yellow doesn't dominate. It doesn't take your eye all the time. Some people have Rabinia, you know, a Rabinia tree with its yellow leaves, and your eyes always go into it. If you have a a, a hedge with yellow Leylandi. You know, your eyes are always going to that hedge, yellow background. You want yeah. a green background for for plants in front of it. And um, and but this is a lovely one. There's another Eliagnus called Ebingii, mm. and that's got a grey foliage. It's just a grey foliage. Looks fantastic as well. It mm. really does. So lots to. Look up. You've got some homework tonight, folks. <laughs> After this, <laughs> uh, a bit oh, of Heather. One of my yes, one of my favourites, Erica Carnia. This Erica Carnia, which only grows to about twelve inches tall, and Erica Darliensis. Now, Darliensis grows a little bit taller, to about eighteen inches, two feet. Loads and loads of different varieties. This might, I don't know what ruby red is, but this might be Merit and Ruby. There's so many different varieties, different colors. And when you see them en masse, they look absolutely fantastic. Now, this will flower for 12 weeks. So you can have a bed of Erica's flowering right the way through the winter. And if you get one like Fox Hollow, which is yellow. That adds a little bit extra as well. But, again, be careful because your eye might be going to that yellow all the time. But when you've got these sort of colours as well, it does tend to blend in if you're, if you're careful with it. There's a garden just uh, around the corner from me, and he has uh, just heathers in yeah. his front garden. But he's got, he's got different heights and different colours. Yes. And it looks stunning. It looks spectacular. Yes. I mean – um, the, in the seventies, everybody went for Erica's. I mean, you you think of a January rod, and you look out of the window, and you see that it's fabulous. Makes you want to go, go out, or at least open the curtains to look <laughs> at it. <laughs> I once put a bed of these facing north. Actually, they'd got a bank facing. It was facing their kitchen. And they said, well, could we have some winter colour? I said, you certainly can. It would look fantastic with heathers. And they uh, absolutely loved it when it started. And you put, say, five plants or four, four or five plants per square metre, and in about two years they've joined up and you've got this gorgeous, complete cover of your ground. And you can put – and the wonderful thing is you can put bulbs in there, little – Narcissus and things like that to come through there and uh, looks fantastic. 
to give it a little bit of winter, uh, summer colour as well, you could put a fuchsia, one of the smaller fuchsias under there, let that grow through, and that will give you a little bit of colour in summer as well to go with it. Uh, blue periwinkle looks nice as long as it's kept in trim. I inherited some but overgrown. That's Frank. Yes. Uh, uh, well, yes, Frank. Blue periwinkle is fantastic. Um, I've got one and it's uh, <laughs> it's growing like I've got the pink form and it's growing like nobody's business, but you do have to keep it back. So true. But a great plant as well for early on. And last but not least? Mahonia. There's so many different Mahonias, Rod. Mahonia aquifolia, Mahonia charity, Lionel Fortescue. There's so many varieties. If you've got a big enough garden, you could plant one that flowers in November and you can have them flowering right the way through. Obviously, one is not going to flower right the way through the winter, but you know, in various parts of a big garden. And you can grow Mahonia in so many different ways. Many people let them, what they do, they have a cane, basically. It's a stem. And every year it grows from the top. And then it grows again and grows again. So you can have stems at different heights. And you can get them 10 feet. You know, and if you have just eight or nine stems at 10 foot high, it acts like a little tree. But if you have got eight stems and one's at 10 foot, one's at nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two feet, you've got this column of uh, flowers all the way, all the way up. And um, like I say, right the way through winter and most of them are fragrant as well. The Oregon grape, it is as well, it's called, and you get purple fruits on at, uh, after you've had the flowers. Again, it's another wonderful plant and you know one or two of these around your garden you'll really want it's really worth having right well that that's some of your suggestions i mean there are so many more um, oh yeah you know, we could we could spend all week there's, there's, the there's all the varieties of the ones we've mentioned rod and then there's others L the the loniceras you know the the honeysuckles the mm. winter shrubby honeysuckles fragrantissima it's in the name it's only a little white flower but it lasts weeks and the smell is it smells horrible word it should be fragrant shouldn't it mm. and then there's the christmas box yeah. you know put oh, one of them outside your back door or under the wind kitchen window and the fragrance will come through the window fabulous yeah. another ev a little evergreen sarka cocka is the, the uh, christmas yep. box Yep. Uh, okay, I've got a question for you. This is from Les Worrell. We got we bought at the end of the at the start of the summer an anti mosquito uh, eucalyptus gum tree, and a beautiful blue flowering Patio Solanum rantonetti, uh, rantonetti I, I think that is. Trees in bud and bloom. They are perennials with the frosty nights coming along. What is the best way to look after them during the winter? Eucalyptus. Yeah, eucalyptus gum tree. It's just eucalyptus. Yeah, it, it's well, most of them are tender, but eucalyptus gunnii is a hardy. You can grow that outside, and there are a couple of other species that you can grow outside. They usually survive in a mildish in a mildish winter. 
tender ones, they'll need to go in. The blue flowering um, Solanum rantanetii. Well, the Solanum is the Chilean so, potato plant, isn't it? Yeah, Solanum. Yes. Solanum, Solanum. There's, yes. Yeah. It's the potato family. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that um, should be all right outside, shouldn't it? Um, yes. I mean, the Solanum glasnevin, that grows well outside. But just check it out because what's happened over the years, we've had mild winters and they're now bringing a lot of plants out that I sometimes look at and think, hold on a minute, that is not going to stand one of our winters if we start to get serious winters. And um, you have to be careful because some of these things will are quite happy for a night when it goes down to minus five, but you get minus 10 for a few every now and then for a few days, and a lot of these things suffer. I remember back to the 60s, Rod, when Lavatera and all those sort would not go through the winter. They no, would not. <laughs> I've um, lost a few. <laughs> Pittosporum, they would not go through the winter. They did okay down in Cornwall. We've got to remember that we're, we're talking to people in different parts of the country. And the world. So down in Cornwall, a lot of things will grow better than if you're up in Scotland or even round the coast. There's a place in Scotland where the Gulf Stream keeps it obviously quite mild. And even on the East Coast, where the water comes round the top and comes down that side, you don't get many frosts in um, in the winter. I remember a lady had a geranium, a pelagonium, growing up on a south-facing wall, and it flowered all the winter. And she wow. lived in Sheringham. <laughs> she right on the coast in Sheringham. So obviously, check out what will grow in your area. That's that's one of the most important things. But the Selenums are fabulous. Glasnevin is. But the, what happens is a lot of the Selenums they will grow long stems. They'll grow tall. And what that's you have sucks. to do is it's like a, a a rambler rose. Every now and then you have to bring a stem right down to the ground, get it growing again, and then it. Off it, off it goes again. So take mine you're always out. keeping new growth from the bottom. Yeah, I had to take mine out. They were just too vigorous. Yeah. But they are, I mean, spectacular a, flowers in the summer. Yeah. It's a bit like the pineapple broom as well, that gorgeous pineapple broom. That gets very tall and you have to keep it down, yeah. um, which is quite easy by taking some of the old old stems down to the near the ground and then they – well, it's apical dominance. They want to grow back up again. I mean, you wouldn't think it's the same family as a potato, but you get the slightest frost when the potato tips have come through and they've shot it. Your potatoes yeah. have shot it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got the shrubs in there now, Rod, and people can pick what they want and uh, we'll add a little bit to them. You know, the hellebores and things like that. The There's some cracking hellebores now. There is. I planted yeah. three or four last year. I hope they survived. <laughs> yeah, and the double, and the doubles. Well, hellebores love to go under some of the deciduous shrubs because the deciduous they don't like the sun on them, and the deciduous shrubs will um, keep them sheltered through the summer. And then when the leaves drop off, the hellebores have got the stage to themselves, which is lovely. 
<laughs> all right. Well, listen, John, okay. thank you so much for your time and thanks for all the research as well. Uh, that's I'm, I've got at least one of those on my list. That um, that Malice Red Sentinel sounds yes, like a, a winner. It is a cracker. Okay, well, thanks uh, to our sponsors, uh, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators, that's L-A-I-N-G, for a free quote and advice on any project uh, that you're uh, thinking of getting uh, stuck in with. Go to their Facebook group, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. And if you're listening on the podcast, by the way, please subscribe. Tell your gardening friends all about us. Check out our Loving Your Garden Facebook group. Be inspired by our friendly and passionate gardeners with all their collective wisdom. All right, fantastic. John, lovely to see you again. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Okay, Rod. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.